Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Spin Class. We're talking politics. Your host, Michael Fragan, with Bruce Backman here on the Nachum Siegel Network, NachumSiegel.com, and on the NSN app. And Bruce, the climax of 2019 politics, uh, perhaps has passed us, which is the riveting or not so riveting testimony of one director, Robert Mueller. A lot of chips were placed on that uh, number on the roulette wheel, that that was going to be the key. That was going to be the takedown of President Trump. And uh, alas, it seems not to be. I mean, I I watched as much of it as I possibly could sit through. Yeah, it wasn't easy. No, it was awful. It wasn't awful because of anything he said, and it wasn't awful because of the way they asked him questions. It was just awful because... I feel like I'm one of those people as much as the fact that I love politics that I just don't care. Uh, I don't think the president colluded. I don't think most Americans believe that the president colluded if they like him or not. Um, And it gets to a point that you watch these videos and you watch these sound bites and these sound clips and people are going obsessive over something where there's no there there. And I mean, if Robert Mueller doesn't know the facts himself when he's asked to testify in a report that he worked on for a couple of years... I mean, you can't expect anybody to be that excited about it who's not focused on this stuff day to day. I don't think the Democrats are going to end it because I think that they really feel that there's something there, especially for their base. But for the country, I would hope that they would just really try to move on to other things. It was a little bit painful with a man with a very distinguished career, an incredibly distinguished career. I felt like he was basically saying to the Democrats, see, I didn't want to do this. And now you're forcing me to do this. I wrote this report for you. Read the report. Make your judgments based on that. You, you're forcing me to sit here through two committees, hours and hours, being attacked by Republicans, being attacked by every everybody else. And he's just saying, hey, I'm just a prosecutor and I'm not looking to be a politician yeah but and they want him to be an actor in a political in a political thing there's a lot more to it than that as somebody who likes the president in spite of all of his there's got to be better witnesses out there it you're gonna go after bob Mueller, and you're gonna go after his report i mean he was getting attacked by republicans for not being tough on certain things related to that that would have been favorable to the president and then they're asking him questions. But the question remains when you watched it. And this is not me just spouting a Republican talking point. Like, you would expect it to we be. We don't a allow bit talking f- points here. No, I don't. I don't, they, I don't. They don't send me the email. But you'd expect him to be a little bit more familiar with the contents of his report. Yes. I could not believe nobody is briefed to go and testify and know so little about something they're supposed to know so much. Right. Can you identify that for me? Tell me what page that's on. I don't remember. Are you sure? What? Oh, it was there? Yeah, I can't answer that. One second. Repeat the question. I mean, it, you would imagine that he would have been very well briefed on this stuff. At least briefed enough that he should know it because he authored it, which begs the question whether Republicans were right all along and he didn't author it at all. I he was, was just a figurehead for, for a movement to try to overthrow the presidency. But well, when they didn't, well, have there, the, there's definitely a talking point. But that was, I mean, but let's be honest. The, yeah, we are, no, we're there, always on. We're always honest. There was that's never a, there there in this. That's, there, but nobody who's honest really believes that the president of the United States was conspiring with Putin to overthrow anything or anyone. Well, that's not exactly the charge put forward because 
I don't think anybody conspiring. What did the Russians conspire with? Wait, wait, wait! But that's not the allegation. See, that's that's the thing. I agree with you. Nobody thinks that. Okay, I don't think that. The average American, if you ask them what the president did, that's what they think because that's the kind of propaganda that's. Well, the average American, of course, you know, thinks the word of collusion is a legal term, which it's not. It doesn't have any meaning whatsoever, as you said. It's conspiracy. But having said that, it's not. The issue is not that. Bob Mueller or the whole thing. The issue is uh, he just seemed totally unprepared to go on TV. It, it was it was a little bit painful at times. And getting attacked on his character, getting attacked on points of law where you would have thought that he would have had a little bit of fight in him, he just seemed to have very little. I mean, I don't understand why he didn't respond to attacks on the character and he just said see the report see the report. i can't comment on that i can see the report yes no this way it was it was born it, almost to the point is you just didn't need to have this testimony you didn't need to have this whole day this whole build up argue you didn't need to have to have the report in the first place. that's okay that's that's fine but we did but we did have the report but you certainly didn't need to have this and guess what i mean we didn't have to have the investigation we didn't have to have the report okay Mueller didn't have we didn't have to have the special counsel uh i think that was an error on the part of the white house which brought it upon itself um which is you know unf- you know a different story altogether but this was not if you were if you are a trump hater and you wanted impeachment or you wanted Mueller to do the takedown here and this was going to be the coup you know let's let's go with your conspiracy theory then you got to walk away after today and be very disappointed and you'd be very surprised that Mueller was so flat. I'll put it that way. Just flat. He was just a bad witness. We've seen a lot. We've seen. A, I've seen watched more congressional hearings over the last year. You know, hadn't had an interest in them. Think it's and this guy was a pretty bad witness. He was a bad witness because he's not meant for this. And the Democrats were taking advantage of something. So why call to- him? What were they hoping? Honestly, Let me put it this way: Democrats, you're, it's, you're worth, the- it's worth it's worth the try because if, if when you're trying to go after the president, so it's a hail mary. I don't. I wouldn't say it's a hail mary. It's part of a larger strategy. They when you you, you throw everything against the wall and you see what's going to hit, and they never know who's going to be the strategy. That's no. It's not a strategy. That's what you do when you hate somebody so much irrationally. You just keep on throwing stuff at the wall, and you hope something's going to hit. I mean, if you watch Democrats the way they speak about the president on the regular basis, you would agree with that. If you read the things that come out of celebrity in Hollywood about the president, listen. The president says a lot of things that a lot of people don't like, and even myself are sometimes uncomfortable with. That said, I mean, he's the president and Democrats are upset that he's the president and they're bothered by him. And he's, quote unquote, turning the clock back on a lot of the issues that they fought very hard for. And they're going to go to the mattresses to get rid of him. I mean, whatever it takes under all causes. I mean, you hear some of the Democratic Congress people speaking on television about how they want to get rid of the president. I mean, it sounds less rational than things I hear from five-year-old children. Yeah. I mean, there were, did we learn anything new? No. No. We've nothing. never learned anything in the whole process. Well, I didn't learn anything in the whole thing that the president was upset. So he told people he doesn't want someone to investigate him for something he didn't do. Yeah, that's a real that's a real scandal. I mean, that's the scandal of all scandals. I mean, the way they were talking about these things. I mean, it's very ironic because these are the same Democrats when it, when they say that no one's above the law, that apparently everybody who comes to the country illegally is above the law and refugees are above and people who file for run across borders are above the law. 
and they've actually broken crimes that are that are people are visible and not questionable and that's like oh that's not about the law the the democratic party does not like the president they're trying to get rid of him they're very frustrated that he's there he's rolling back a lot of things that are important to them the abortion movement is very upset with the, the abortion fans are, are sick of fans are upset planned parenthood then you have other members from other minority groups who are fighting very hard for things and certain interest groups environmental and otherwise and it's literally we have to do whatever we have to do to stop him i mean it, it, there's a certain third worldness to it all that like he's so against us that all the all the rules are out the window. They hate him. Listen, conservatives reacted to a certain degree the same way when Barack Obama was in was in won his election in two thousand eight, even though he won a genuine you know quasi landslide. And the same feelings we have to stop him. We have to stop him at all costs. But at some point, Democrats are going to have to wake up and realize he's the president, and they have to work with him. And the country needs things, and these things have to get solved. And either they're going to try to fix stuff or they're not. Yeah, but he's more combative in many ways than the. He's Democrats only combative because they're combative eh, with him. So the he's whole, not the. Yeah, that's he the whole you started it argument. That's not. But that that's not even my point. And I have no problem. The president. I has have thrown no problem. His fair share of olive branches. The Democratic Party has since he's been elected. He's yeah. amongst the least ideological Republicans to ever sit in I, that office in I, the last fifty years. There's plenty of room for things on infrastructure just to start. Law and justice reform. So criminal justice it? reform. Why not do There's it? There's no one to talk to. Yeah. Well, but let me let's go. My back. God, they could probably even come yeah. to deal with him on immigration well, if they'd sat down in a room and were reasonable. I think that was tried several times. That was the uh but l- let's go How back. How was it tried? Well, they almost had an immigration deal. And then what? The president torpedoed it. Which one? Was it something that he really signed yeah, on to? Yeah, the one they had for DACA. But DACA had to be part of a larger overarching yeah, they, strategy. They, 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 that the happens. president's ready to give in on DACA. I don't. I. But that's not what happened in the end. Well, because he's not I getting think, anything at the border. No, I think. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Do you understand that the present uh, immigration policy at the border is creating a scenario by which children are being used almost as ransom, so that people can cross the border with children that don't belong to them? So there was. This is not even made up. There this is w- factual. There, information that's there out was, there. There was going to be, but Ann Coulter torpedoed it. But like, can we back up for a second? Because I, I, I'm i trying to understand the strategy for, here. For, if Ann and, Coulter torpedoed it, the, she's, on, she's persona non grata at the uh, White she House. She is now. Let's, but let's just back up for a second because I like to talk strategy and I like to think, figure out what the political strategy is. Because I we talked about this, right? The Democrats, they went ahead, they put a lot of, they invested a lot in the Mueller report. Right, they thought the Mueller report was going to be it. That was going to be the nail in the coffin. They move ahead with impeachment, and they didn't get what they wanted out of the Mueller report. Partly, of course, because of the way it was presented. But I think that that's, but and nobody is also going to read four hundred and forty-eight pages. So they decided to have Mueller Day. So let's make a national holiday, Mueller Day, and everybody, the whole world is going to be watching these hearings. And they didn't get what they wanted from Mueller Day, and it almost seems as if. They aired the first time by putting a lot of chips, as I said, on the Mueller on Mueller's number, and they didn't get that. Why do they think that was going to happen today? It just from the get go. I, I I would I will tell you, Jerry Nadler was a better witness this morning than Robert Mueller was. It was it was uh, it was he was just bad. 
he was a bad witness, and so you know, he was a bad witness. He's a tech, tried. He's a he's a technocrat. I mean, that's I got to tell you, to. if I was a Democrat and I was in their position, you're, you're just, I would, you're just thinking, I would have put Bob Mueller up there too. So who's next? Who are you going to just? I don't know who they're going to get. Everybody next. and just get as many people as possible. To testify? Well, at some point they're going to come to realization the man's the president. They have to work with him, or they don't. At some point you wake up and you realize he's the president. Hmm. At some point, you wake up and you realize it. At some point, you realize there's stuff that has to get done. I think that would be great. Well, it's unlikely to happen, right? Oh, the truth is, I think Nancy Pelosi knows it, but she has the four, the four, the four ladies run essentially well, it's run not the, the Democratic four. Party. I think they're up to ninety-five now or something like that. Ninety-five ladies? No, ninety-five. <laughs> ninety-five Democrats uh, supporting impeachment now. Not the impeachment. I'm talking about the four women who are running oh, the agenda. Oh, the, the four. Party. The squad. The squad. Squad, we haven't got we haven't gotten to them yet. Well, they're they're my favorite. That is the, they're amazing. <laughs> they're they're they are really amazing. Okay, I so mean, let's go back to strategy for a second because I want to understand. I want to get this. Nancy Pelosi has a problem with her base, just like John Boehner had a problem with with the base of the Republican Party when he was in charge. It's a very very tough job when well, you're you trying. To, you I can't actually, govern and and make you can't people. govern when you when you have a base that the media is propping up on a regular basis and giving them a lot more credence than they deserve. Has there ever been four freshman Senate women, Congress women, in the history of the country who've gotten more attention than these ladies? With so few achievements, so few accomplishments, representing such insignificant districts nationally. I mean, they have become powerhouses. Mm-hmm. And they don't deserve to be. They're backbenchers at the beginning of their term. And Nancy Pelosi knows it, and she has no. Pro- so she has to humor them by letting them do all their things. Nancy Pelosi is much more interested in a few core issues related to her, let's say, her real base. But until she deals with them, she can't do nothing. You know, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez is on record. I saw a quote. I didn't see the source of it, but I saw it published in a small newspaper where she said that she thinks that they put her on committees where there's a lot of work to do. So, so Nancy Pelosi was trying to keep her busy so she couldn't be doing a lot of her activism. I mean, is that normal? That's a woman who's in the Congress. What's normal is that you're supposed, you should work for a living. What? What's normal is that you should work for a living. No, what's normal is that somebody thinks that someone puts you on committees in Washington, which actually have some work to do, and that's a sign that they, they're trying to like diminish you. I mean, if, is, the, is, that, is that bizarre or I'm crazy? Well, maybe she didn't go to Washington in order to do committee work. She went in order to do social media. Well, she's very good at social media. She she is indeed. This is Spin Class, Michael Fragan and Bruce Backman uh, coming to you on the Nachum Siegel Network. And we are talking the post-Muller world. So what do you think here? Now, if you're a Democrat, you hated Trump, you probably hate him just as much today. Or not all that. But if you're a Republican and you're pro-Trump, you probably love him just as much after Mueller, so Democrats move forward on an impeachment? No. No? No. No. So supposedly, the reporting is that Jerry Nadler uh, went to Pelosi right away and said, we have enough to take it to do impeachment now. That she, would be And a, she shut him down. I, I imagine she did because she had, they'd like to win back the White House. Well, how will that... You think, you, you think it's such a political loser? I think that the president, if he would not have lost the House, would not be in as good a position as he is right now to win re-election in 2020. Bill Clinton and many presidents before him have been tremendously successful once they've been able to have someone to run against. 
Trump does not even have to defend a record right now going into 2020. He just has to say, I'm better than them. This is who they are. And you get to see them on a regular basis. And it's a very, very effective tool. And the more the crazies are running the Democratic Party without an agenda that affects most Americans' lives, because most people I know don't care about Bob Mueller, don't care about any of this. They're much more concerned that maybe the economy's not going to hold up through 2020. They're much more concerned about inflation. They're much more concerned about paying their mortgages. They're much more concerned about the rising cost of health care. They're much more concerned about issues that most Americans face on a regular basis. And despite the Democrats' obsession with Bob Mueller, because in the chattering classes of New York, Washington, and probably LA, it's a big story, in the rest of the country relating to regular people, it's just not important. Bill, Donald Trump could, have, could win re-election in spite of all this. If the country's doing well and they feel that he's got their backs and he's doing good things to make their lives better and more livable, then the chances of him winning re-election are good. Democrats have to come up with a case to make that saying that, well, if you vote for us, it's going to be better. Instead of saying, if you vote, he's corrupt. Arthur Finkelstein, who I always love to quote, always used to say, Yes, you do. A crook beats of, he used to say about, I don't, I don't know if Al model is listening, but uh, <laughs> in the 1992 campaign against Bob Abrams, uh, he he was said to say a lot of his staff, and I heard him tell me the same thing. He says, a crook beats a fool every time. He said, and the Democrats are fools, and Donald Trump may be a crook but, uh, from some perspectives, but crooks beat fools. Everybody thinks politicians are crooked, but nobody likes to vote for a fool. Yeah. And right now, the Democrats look awfully foolish. I, I, I saw today, uh, if you contrasted the two sides in a partisan way, the Republicans were on message with the soundbite with the outrage with you know attacking attack attack and democrats were like were basically saying uh mr Mueller, can you read from the report for us i mean what was this like an audiobook i mean let's let's just be honest here i mean, I mean it, jerry nadler the fact that jerry nadler is jerry nadler was by far the best he's the best he's the best he, he's no no amazing. he was the best he's an embarrassment to new york Okay. He's been an embarrassment for many years. But this morning... I know there's people who probably listen to this show who vote for him, but Jerry Nadler is a bad congressman. He's done nothing for your district. He's not made New York City more affordable. He, nothing he passes is good for New York. Nothing. Zero. Nothing he votes for is good for New York. Jerry Nadler is a old-school left-winger from Manhattan who runs around Washington, D.C., and with, with all his left-wing ideas, he's chair of the Justice Committee. He is so out of touch with the rest of America, it's not funny. The fact that after today's impeachment, these, these hearings, he wants to bring impeachment charges is a sign of how out of touch he is with the needs of the Democratic Party nationally. Well, that's because he has primary opponents, and his primary opponents are, at least one of them, is you know, all over him for not moving for impeachment. So, uh, you know, it's always about politics. But... Can we go? Let's talk. Who's about his primary opponent now? Oh, he's got, I think, a couple. Um, but one of them has actually raised quite a bit of money, more than two hundred fifty grand. A uh, woman from, she's pro impeachment. Uh, we'll, we'll get her name. Let's see if with the. Uh, anyway, the let's talk about the squad for a second because what I found remarkable about the whole thing with the squad is that, I mean, number one, I guess we we should talk for a second about. Whether they're go, going to Israel, whether two go, of them, whether go, they are, they are. Uh, Talib and uh, Il- I would Il- greet Il- them when they get off the plane, and uh, I that, just hope they go to Yad Vashem. That that in itself is interesting. Ilan um, Omar has a lot to learn. She does have a lot to learn, as does AOC. She's not going. Yes, she's but, not going on the trip. But, she's but too busy. She has but, too much work to do on her committees. Well, let's go back. For she's a so second. busy. Okay. Uh, but let's go back for a second to just talk about 
the tweets against them. Okay. Um, Which tweets? The president's tweets? The president's tweets. President's tweets the go against back to them the, were factually inaccurate. The go back to where you came from type of thing. Okay. I mean, what's up? No, there is what the going back. I don't like that. Well, stuff. you know, okay. That's where I'm we draw the line. I'm not a supporter of that. That's where we draw the line. Okay. Well, no, I didn't draw the line there. I was disappointed at the grammar that the president used in his tweet. He said Congresswomen. If he would have said Congresswoman and he would have pointed out Ilhan Omar, I would have been fine uh. with it. But because he was plural, I was disappointed because three of the four women were born in the United States. And they can't go back anywhere because they're from here. But she definitely could. So, what? So, what's the president's motivation here? The president's motivation is to make sure that they're identified as the Democratic Party in the United States. And he's mean, very, very successful clear. at it. It's okay, but at the same time, I mean, if you turn on television on a day-to-day basis, they pretty much run the place now. Yeah, they well, they were well, they were really getting under Pelosi's skin, and vice versa. They've been getting under Pelosi's skin. But to that Washington. was said, why not let that play out? No, it's uh, the president wants because they were trying to make a. He, there was trying he, to be a rapprochement. There was trying to make peace between the different facets of the party, and the president was trying to exacerbate it again. It, I, I don't agree with everything he does all the time, and not all his tactics I could say are brilliant. And I wish that he's factually inaccurate. He should be factually accurate when he makes a charge, genuinely. However, they have become the most important and powerful spokesman of the Democratic Party. I mean, they're on television on a regular basis. Whatever they say gets covered. People are following their Instagrams, their Twitters, their websites. I mean, Ilhan, you have to realize, Ilhan Omar pushed a piece of legislation targeting BDS, which equated it with, with, with the rise of Nazism in the 1930s, discussing boycotts that I'm not even familiar with. Uh, but beyond that, she, she's, making an equa- she's trying to make a moral equation between the two. Um, and then she probably was careful with the language that she had John Lewis buy into it, who I'm not a fan of myself, even though I know he's a civil rights hero. But uh, I was very surprised that he signed on to that. I wasn't. You ever saw John Lewis did to Bernie Sanders in the, in the 2016 campaign? Yeah, but... Did you ever see what John Lewis said about Bernie Sanders' 2016 campaign when he was talking about the time that he was protesting for, for civil rights in the 1960s? And he gave a whole speech saying how he never heard of Bernie Sanders and he didn't know anything he did for civil rights, but he knows about Bill Clinton and Hillary. Well, at the time that Bernie Sanders was protesting for, for any civil rights activities in the United States, Hillary was a Goldwater girl in suburban Chicago. I mean, it was a little disingenuous. John Lewis has done some great things in his life, but he's clearly over the hill and the uh, purity of his message has began to diminish and he's looking for ways to stay relevant and he probably feels bad for the women because they're facing a lot of criticism within the party and he feels a responsibility to stand up for them. But uh, he's, and they say he's a friend of the Jewish people in Israel. I don't know. I don't know who, how many people are really friends of the Jewish people in Israel anymore in the Democratic Party. I mean, there's well, that's some. A, that's a sad commentary in and of itself. Well, I mean, the the party has is struggling with this issue. Yeah, but there are still many pro-Israel Democrats. You don't accept that? I think there are pro-Israel Democrats, but I don't think that they, I don't think they're they're on offense anymore. So who else is going with the dynamic duo of uh, Talib and Omar to Israel? I don't know who's going. Are they? Is Sorry it, for being so so disappointed about their trip, but I, I would love to be there. Why when are you disappointed? I think it's a I think that trip is a great opportunity for great opportunity for what? It's a gift to the president, really. No, it's definitely a gift to the president. I'm just disappointed that it doesn't have to be like this. 
Um, it never had to be like this. They're, they're, they're going to go there. They're going to go there. They're going to rattle the cages of every pro-Israel Democrat, even though you say they don't exist anymore. No, but I they're think gonna, they do they're, exist. No, no, they're, they're going to rattle defense. the cages. They're going to talk about, they're going to be anti-Israel, and they're going to sh give the president a great gift that he can start pushing back on. But there's another question that I wanted to talk about. Yeah, but you know, the Democratic right? Party, why? When, when they passed, the, when but, they had, the, when they in the last few conventions, anytime there was a pro, any pro-Israel mention in their platform, it barely made it through when they would vote on it in the convention floor. It was booed. Yeah, but I mean, there's there's a lot. That, the Democrats don't typically talk about the occupation, and they don't typically take the sides of the Palestinians. And now I'm talking about overtly taking the sides. I'm not talking about, you know. And there. that's kind of going to be out in the open. I think that there are still pro-Israel Democrats, but I think that the parties, like on many issues, have evolved. And I think that the Republican Party is the home of pro... Now that Justin Amash, thank God, officially left the Republican Party, um, I think the Republican Party is a genuinely pro-Israel party from beginning to end. There's very little anti-Israel sentiment in the Republican Party today, even at the local level for a number of reasons, but Democratic Party still has, you know, Kathleen Rice, our congresswoman on, on Long Island, is a very pro-Israel Democrat, and there are many of them, like Ted Deutsch in Florida and others, but it's not a, it's not a move on the rise. You know, it's moving the other way. Well, I mean, people are investing money into that. There's a whole thing. But but let me ask you a question. It didn't need money a long time ago. From a Republican in. perspective, and I this was... I. I forgot where this was pointed out but oh i saw it in the atlantic but it, it has certainly grabbed my attention that republicans and republican leadership seem to very keen on throwing the idea out there that yes not only and not only are the squad and they're they're like the socialists mm -hmm. and they you know, hate America and they're anti-American, but they're also anti-Semitic and anti-Israel. It's almost like, hey, you know what? We're good. You know, I mean, I appreciate that. I appreciate you having my back, but do you have to drag us into every political fight? You know, that... Are, they, are well, we also, I mean, say, are we mean, also saying they're anti-Irish or the anti... I mean, it's like... I mean, Elon Omar hasn't had any legislation that I know that's coming out right now that tar that's dealing with any other country other than Israel... Oh, so AOC it, hasn't really so that's, made it. So that's what it's it is. not. Those so it's legit. Those four women, those four Congress ladies elected democratically in their districts, have views, and have made statements and comments. Each of them, many comments in the last forget years, months, which have anti-Semitic and anti-Israel overtones. I mean. They haven't made anti-Irish overtones. If they did, I'm sure that I wasn't would trying make... to pick on the Irish. No, but just... I'm saying if they made anti-Catholic overtones, I think there'd be mention of it. But they haven't. Israel's a fun thing to poke fun at today on the far left, because the far left has identified Israel as being some colonial aggressor, and it just fits with the overall worldview. And it just you know, if you're familiar with colonialism in other countries, and you buy in that Israel, the Jews who live in the Middle East, are also colonial imperial powers moving in and taking over an area then it fits obviously yeah, I, they're get not the, the same. I get that whole i get that whole thing so i mean you know no, my theory on this elon omar the president got criticized for whatever he tweeted and within a few days she put out a bill a bill a piece of legislation not a tweet a piece of legislation that she put forward in congress which essentially is equating 
BDS with the ride, the fight against the rise of Nazism, Nazism. in the 1930s. Yeah. And where's the media's condemnation? Yeah. Where's the criticism? And where's the, hey, you know what? Maybe it would be good if she went back where she came from. Yeah. I, so, so my theory on this is, I guess, a little similar to what you're saying, is that Israel is a symbol of the West in a way, or of, of those values, of, of the, that Judeo-Christian values. And because of that, that's what they're attacking, because they, they can't stand that. They only believe in identity politics. No, Obama, the, pres- the former president, had this thing about colonialism. And I'm it's not, the same I'm talking about. But, but colonialism is also about identity yes, politics. Yes, but there's also a problem. That you have to, because you can only, it's that whole Edward Said's theory, is that you can't possibly understand uh, other people because you have to be them in order to understand yeah, but that there's also and that there's no common values but there's also a revisionist school on this that colonialism has actually been very good for a lot of the countries and the people that it affected. well of course it has not if you not if you read not if you're following far left talking points uh, it's I, not well i try not to do that i mean life i mean to give you a random example zimbabwe isn't really a great place since they got rid of it hasn't mugabe wasn't better than ian smith well that's for, that's pretty loaded well, he wasn't. I mean, even the people there say that. I'm not saying Ian Smith is good, but you can't say Mugabe was better. So you yearn for a uh, Rhodesia? Is that the, no, is I don't that? yearn for Rhodesia, but you have to be realistic and talk about the colonial powers. Well, maybe that's what the president was saying in this tweet, that they should go back and fix those countries where they came from, to the extent that they came from. Too, I mean, bad, of, too bad that Alana president has to go from Massachusetts back to Ohio. Which I, I'm not going to go into much more detail, <laughs> but there's a country I'm very familiar with in Africa. Which done? There's a country I'm very familiar with in Africa that the country was very post post colonial. They were very frustrated, and now all they're trying to do is bring back all the colonial powers they threw out. And they were running around the United States begging lobbyists to encourage U.S. or foreign investment to, to come, come back into the country back. after they threw them out 30 years ago. You don't want to name that country. I can't name it because for whatever reason. Okay, for whatever reason. Oh, we're gonna, whatever reason. We're going to leave it at that. We'll leave it at uh, that. Last question for you. Yeah. Donald Trump, better chances for re-election today than he had yesterday? Or today than he had two days ago? The truth? Pre-Muller or post-Muller? Or it doesn't matter? The, the same. same. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. I think his chances are you know, pretty even right now. So uh, let's see uh, Let's see what happens. That he, it for here. Uh, excuse me, that's it for Spin Class here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you for joining us. Stay tuned for Jew in the City Speaks with Allison Josephs.